to the DIY Animation Show, where we get to the heart of what it means to be an independent animator. I'm Lauren Morse. And I'm Jessica Dahl. Together with our guests, we'll explore tips, tricks, the psychological, the fundamental, and above all, how to make whatever you can with whatever you've got. From the keys to the breakdowns and everything in between. The timing's right to do it yourself. Let's get rolling! to the DIY animation show. Yeah. Yeah. Today we round off our wonderful interview with Batman Piderman creators, Lindsay and Alex Smallbutera. It's been such a lovely interview. If you've missed the first and second parts and want to catch up, you can find the links at oatleyacademy.com forward slash DIYA1, as in the number one for part one, or oatleyacademy.com forward slash DIYA2 for part two. This time we discuss writing for kids without talking down to them, how the internet has changed comedy, why you don't have to rely on inspiration, and what Alex and Lindsay think is the one most vital thing a DIY animator needs. Ugh, so good. It's really good. It's Alex and Lindsay's desire to speak honestly and make what's in their hearts that fuels their creative spirits. So let's grab one last peanut bubba sandwich and get rolling! Yeah! You were talking about how with future work that you want to do and what you found with Batman Piderman, that you really like writing for all ages. And I think that's really, really great. And just hearing the way that you talk about Clarence and kind of like that really authentic childhood experience and being able to invoke that. I think that's what you guys do with Batman Piderman. And I'm sure that you'll continue that on as well, too. Like, do you guys have any tips? Like if you're wanting to write for an all ages audience, do you have any tips so that you're not talking down to your audience if it's supposed to be for everyone? Um, I guess when I'm writing, I try to keep in mind. Um, so as a very, I grew up a very serious child, according to my mother, who's very much already an adult um, before I was an adult. <laughs> um, children are incredibly smart and perceptive. And I think in America, particularly, we don't give that benefit of the doubt to them. Children will pick up on anything, like almost as much as adults will. I think kids are as smart as adults. They just don't have the wisdom of adults. So you don't you don't have to talk down to kids in that way. And I feel like there's a, there's a Thoreau quote where it's every heart vibrates to that iron string. I always keep that in mind because I feel like people, you know, whatever age you are, whatever uh, gender you inhabit, we're all very, very similar at our core and th- like our experiences, you know, like in our, at our core experiences is what I mean. Um, things that, you know, resonate with us, things that don't resonate with us, things that are funny, things that kind of touch us, things like that. Um, I think it's important to keep that in mind. Like if you're not like saying to yourself, I'm writing this for this person, I'm writing this for a 14 year old boy, you're just writing it. You're just making something that's amusing. And I don't think that I, I don't find difficulty in that myself just because that's sort of where I inhabit spiritually, <laughs> like in my own sense of humor and things like that. Um, there's nothing wrong with crass humor or anything like that. We just have a lot of it. So like, it's, it's something that's already sort of covered. Um, but being able to tell a joke without that is difficult. It's very difficult to come up with kind of like 
uh, solutions to problems that don't involve something that would be too frightening or profanity or something crass. Um, so I really like, I think that's where the funniest jokes come from. Like it's not when you go beyond what an easy joke would be and find a different solution. I feel like that's where really, really pure humor comes from. And a lot of the internet humor that is sort of prevalent these days sort of comes from there too. It's like a lot of like whimsy and like weirdness that is sort of like part of the human condition. I was actually talking to you about this the other night, Mm -hmm. like kind of discovering a sense of humor where it's like (laughs) the internet is to me the Picasso of humor where it's like taken all of these things and made a surrealist view of it, like kind of like move the the pegs around. And I, I feel like that's really interesting. The culture kind of developed that way, like through like what are memes now and like things like that. A lot of them are really bizarre, but that's like what cult and like, we're not used to that, but it's because we're all watching television and we're fed this humor that is the style of humor that we're, you know, that people are giving us, but what the people's humor is, is a lot different, like, you know, very versus what a studio is presenting to us as funny, like in a movie or a TV show. Um, what people actually think is funny is more based in like a weird overhumanity. And I, I think that's incredibly interesting. And I try to tap into that and I'm trying right now. I've been trying to like reach that, that little nugget in there that I'm sort of trying to discover. Does that make sense? All of that? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that makes a lot of sense. Would you say that it's kind of like getting past the crafted humor and getting more to like just that authentic humor that's sort of like yes. inside art? Authenticity yeah. is a great way to put it. Like there's with everybody being able to make stuff on the internet now, it has changed the scape of humor. And you see, you see like companies trying to emulate it, like doing weird commercials that have memes in them or trying to make viral videos, but they can't because it's not coming from an authentic place. Mm. And what that place is, is changing rapidly every single day because internet culture is such like a malleable beast that is just constantly evolving. Um, so what the people's humor is, is very different and like kind of tapping into that and discovering it is incredible and i have a lot of fun doing that yeah i think that's i think that's like everyone has that kind of sixth sense to tell whether you're being authentic or not it's like you can tell if someone's being genuine if they're not being genuine and the old model is hey let's make a thing that people will like and and they've and you know companies have been doing that for so long but now the internet gives everyone a tool to be like well this is what i actually like and they can put out what they actually like and in the process, they're sort of mocking that old way of this is what's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And then they turn it on its head and be like, no, this is what it's actually. And you get a more genuine view of like what humanity is like when Vine began. It's Vine is incredible. Like just we watch Vines a lot. Just like I, I study them. I enjoy them. I love them. But it's like the Internet and Vine and things like that are giving us a view into culture that people don't normally get to give us like in typical media, there's not, you know, there's still a huge lack of people of color and women and all of these different things. But on the internet, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. We're all there. And you get all these different views of whether it's comedy or dramedy or scary stuff or, or romantic stuff. It's like we have all these things in, in web comics and web animation and just like in Vine and people posting on Tumblr and people posting on Twitter. It's a true, it's, it's a more varied uh, primordial ooze of like what humor actually means to people without being fettered by people over your head telling you what it has to be like at a studio or an investor. And so it's this more, more pure, much more difficult to encapsulate thing. It's like just more difficult sense of humor. It's never an easy joke. It's always surprising. And I think that's fascinating and wonderful and tapping into that, like true authenticity of like other people and different kinds of people who aren't like you. And like, it's just like, it's, it, expands your mind. So please explore that is my advice. Basically, after all, long story short, explore 
that. <laughs> oh, man, that's wonderful. I feel like that's like that just opens up the gate for because uh, I mean, like the Internet is such like, you know, it's been referred to as like the Wild West, like the modern Wild mm-hmm. West sort of it. And um, so I just like I love that sort of call, you know, to go and ex- like explore that Wild West and just see, you know, like what again, like that authentic human place is. Yeah. And that's what I'm always chasing. I feel in our work is like I want to make like I what I love about people just putting animation on the internet whether they're kids or you know older people or anybody making anything that's just they made it's a pure unfiltered thought that a human had you know it's not like this all the stuff we see that we're used to seeing on television and movies we grew up with and movies that are coming out now they're not one person's vision that's been completely untouched it can't be but you can get that on the internet and to me that's fascinating whether it's something really good or something really awful it's still a pure thought that nobody else put their mitts in, you know? And to me, that's the most exciting thing possible. And I'm terrified of the internet half the time now because there's some, there's some wild stuff that goes on. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> and, but for good or for ill, we're getting kind of like an unfiltered view of human creativity. And to me, that's the most exciting thing ever. Like I can't even, I think about that. I wake up screaming in the morning, like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so amazing that the, the um, like the overhead you need to be able to make different kinds of creative art, anything, music, whatever it is, vines, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The overhead is so small and so cheap now. Yeah. Like as a kid, I remember I had to, I had to buy the educational version of Flash in order to learn how to use it to animate. And it was, I had to jump through all these hoops and it was like way more expensive. And now you can just get the entirety of the Adobe Creative Suite for like, you know, one price yeah. as a kid. And so it's, you can just learn all the tools you need and the tools are getting easier and easier to use. Yeah. And, and people it's are so, sharing all their tips for tools online. Yeah. Like all these kids growing up now, they're learning to draw or learning to make music. They're all sharing with each other how to do it. And like, they're all bolstering each other. So there's communities propping up for everything. They're supportive and it's just incredible. You can learn to do anything now. So there's so many more people interested in the arts, even, even just for like, for funsies Mm -hmm. and that's incredible it's like a it's a artistic renaissance where you know i love television i love working for television but tv is going to die the way it is now and to me that's incredible and it's just going to make room for all this more incredible stuff that nobody would have ever seen before and it's already been happening like if you look at like undertale for example which is just like was a breakout crazy game that everybody loved that would have never been made if he could not make it yeah he he couldn't have gotten that approved by anyone no that and like stuff like batman Spider-Man. It's really weird. I'm going to be real with you guys. It's weird. And it could never have been on TV. No one would have ever approved any of our decisions on that. And yet it can still exist in the untouched the way it is now. And to me, that is such a gift that we have. And like, we're so blessed and I never take it for granted. And I hope that people will be able to show all their work that way and just like, you know, inspire other people. And we're creating new culture and culture that is much more involved with you know, people who don't normally get to be a part of that culture and don't get to see themselves in media. Now they can, you know, and it's, it's incredible. It's just incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this world we live in is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Even just the, like another reason why I just, I, I love that so much too, is just you, I don't know, you hear about like, oh, technology separates us. So oh, social media, like for being so social, people are so isolated. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I'm sure that can be true to an extent, but just like just from seeing what's online and especially with all of that, it's just that that feels uh, 
I don't know. It really feels like the exact opposite. For like technology, like the stereotype of it being so cold and isolating, it seems like it's really just so warm and it's uh again just cultivating, like you said, that culture and just yeah. it's bringing everybody together. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and like that culture sometimes can be destructive too, but at the same time there are kids now who are, you know, lonely kids that are in like eighth grade that are getting picked on at school and they can they have friends on the internet that are into the same things as them and can understand them and like they can form these real relationships and it's such a godsend. <laughs> yeah, I think the people that are isolated by it would have been isolated anyway, and they would have been worse off without it. Oh, and yeah. then yeah. also the, the view that technology is, is cold, I think, is... Held by people that don't know how to use it. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it, it, it literally glows. Like, it's just light comes out of it and we interact with it. There's That's nothing, there's nothing cold and dark about it at all. That's so. Wait, I'm gonna kiss you. That's, that's such a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> such a good guy. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, amazing. I, I'm good on questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like complete satisfaction. Can do the rest of the day in a happy glow. Pretty much. <laughs> Every time the computer turns on now, I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's right. I love you, computer. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. Well, we have one last question for you guys. What's the one most vital thing you think a DIY animator should have? Hmm. Really looking at each other, thinking. <laughs> I mean, you... you... Drive. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have drive. You gotta be able to work. You gotta be able to buckle down and get things done. Yeah, honestly, um, it doesn't matter what tools you use. And I say this to my students a lot. I'm like, I don't care what you use as long as you use it well. Um, you can make animation on napkins. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all of it is just a tool for the art, and you need to pick the best tool for the art you're trying to make, and you only do that by experimenting. But the most important thing in any animation, just because animation is so laborious, it's backbreaking. It can be. Um, heartbreaking at times is just drive to do it and like the discipline to maintain that drive because drive doesn't come every day and if you work as an animator sometimes you need to just push through it and you know be able to work even if you don't have inspiration or don't feel like it you know yeah that's I, I think that's um I don't know how common this is but uh inspiration is not what you need um I think that inspiration comes once true inspiration comes when you've been working for a really long time and yeah. you're about to quit and you keep going and then something clicks. Inspiration it's, is it's, just loving what you do. Yeah. And it, it's not there to get you started. You don't need more inspiration. Like yeah. you need to just work. It's just discipline. Um, and that's not to say to kill yourself over working because that is a bad idea. Please always take care of your body. Don't die when you're 30. Um, sleep, sleep eight hours every night. That was, that was actually something that, um, I mean, with animation, you can figure out exactly how many seconds you're getting done a day. And I realized that I was staying up late to get more work done, but, um, it actually helps for me to go to bed a little earlier and wake up at like 5 a.m. And on those days when I have to crunch, I'm up yeah. at five working instead of up at three working. Mm. Mm -hmm. It makes such a difference getting that little bit of sleep beforehand. I, I've noticed that with myself too. Like if I'm like, if I had to make the choice between staying up really late or just getting up really early, even if it's just like, again, just like that five hours of sleep, five to six hours, it makes such a difference. You can think so much more clearly. It feels like you get so much more done, too. I, I, I feel happier, yeah. too. And, like, you need to take care of your health, like, health first and foremost, because your health is your job. Your body is your machine. So 
taking care of it is the most important thing. Nothing is worth hurting yourself over or being sick. Mm, yeah. So, but definitely I would say drive and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like a lot of people we've met who are having problems getting work done or people have, uh, have problems moving forward or are, are floundering at all. I think what they really want is what you get after you've been working hard. Like if, if you don't know what to do and you're floundering and you're bouncing around, you need to just start working and maybe, maybe you need to turn off your phone and, and go unplug your router and just work for like three hours. And then when you want to stop, keep working and then see what happens. Yeah, sometimes just pushing through stuff is the most rewarding thing. Yeah. Like when you feel like you can't do it, but you know you can, you just got to kind of shimmy on over to the other side. But drink a lot of water and take stretch breaks. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got to take those stretch breaks. Mm-hmm. And drink the water, not just coffee all the time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that is an amazing answer. That's phenomenal. <laughs> That's super good because it really hits right to the heart of what it means to um, it's just the real kind of core thing that you need to really make your ideas happen, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think that added anything to the conversation. But I was just like, <laughs> no, it's so good. No, but it's true. Like, uh, the idea has to become a reality somehow. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to bring it into this, uh, I was about to say this real realm, <laughs> which I guess is kind of uh, redundant a little bit. But yeah, drive. <laughs> cool. So I guess just to go ahead and wrap up, you guys have been absolutely lovely. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So Alex and Lindsay, where can people find you if they would like to see your work and keep up to date with what you're doing? <laughs> oh, our work. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you? <laughs> this is loaded. Um, so you can find us both on Twitter. Um, we're both on Twitter. I think mine's just small Lindsay and you're Alex Butera. Yep. And we have a uh, Tumblr where we post work all the time, uh, smallbutera.tumblr.com. Um, we have a YouTube channel, uh, Small Butera, there, and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can just look up Batman Spider-Man on YouTube. Yep, it's all you there. can find Batman Spider-Man on Mondo Media. There's a great playlist that you can watch them on. Yep. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for spending the time to talk with us and share all sorts. You're both really kind and warm and generous, <laughs> and you've got such an infectious heart for and belief in your ideas it's just wonderful thank you thank you so much thank you yeah this has just been an absolute joy thank you guys so much and yeah this is just this is a wonderful day thank you thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank you guys so much again for having us this was really awesome yeah this was cool yeah you're welcome yeah no problem no problem whatsoever and best of luck to you guys on the rest of your batman Spider-Man episodes yeah as well as yeah and uh whatever future work is ahead of you as well <laughs> thank you thank you very much yeah thank you guys brings us to the end of a wonderful interview with sweethearts and all-round good humans, Lindsay and Alex Morbatera. I could completely listen to them all day. Me too. They are amazing. Uh, Alex, Lindsay, thank you both so much again for this interview. It was an absolute pleasure. You're wonderful. Mm. So towards the end of the interview, Alex and Lindsay talked about the necessity of drive. It got us curious. What do you rely on to stay motivated? 
We'd love to hear your own answers, dear listeners. And all you have to do is come to oatleyacademy.com forward slash go forward slash DIYA3. And then you can tell us all about it in the comments. Or comment on anything else you've enjoyed in this episode. We'd love to hear. Well, Jess, it's actually got me really curious. What do you rely on? What helps me to stay motivated is actually not to think too much about staying motivated because I've tried doing that before. (laughs) I've tried doing that before and it totally destroys my productivity terribly. So really what I rely on to stay motivated is actually to focus on relaxing and not to worry about what I'm doing or how the project is going to look by the end of it, or if what I'm working on now is good enough, and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's basically continually exercising, or trying to exercise, not getting in my head too much, and just realizing, hey, what I'm working on right now is, like, it's good, because I like it, and I'm having fun. And then along those lines, too, another thing that helps me to stay motivated when I am getting too in my head and when trying to relax is not doing the It's just not being as effective as it normally is. That's when I go to my family or friends and I talk with them and I reach out to my basically reach out to my circle of trust and say, guys, I need some help. I am in I'm in a space right now. And they're like, you got this you got this, don't you know? And I'm like, oh, dude, you're right. I love you guys. Thanks, guys. And and then I relax again. Oh, that's really good. I love it. I don't know. Friendship's important. And that includes friendship with yourself to the point of relaxing. So <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you have to be your own best friend and champion and just cheer yourself on. Like, come on, you can do it's this. True. You, you got I this. know you can. Get there. You just keep going. I love what you're doing. You got this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> What about you? What do you rely on to stay motivated? I think for me, I think it's usually the project itself. Yeah, it's usually that that kind of gets me really fired up, you know, thinking about how cool it's going to be or how I can experiment with uh, this aspect of it or how it's something that's really important that needs sharing. So I think it's that that really keeps me going. It's kind of keeping in mind what the project means to me and why I'm wanting to do it. And that Mm -hmm. itself really keep me going. In terms of actually getting working, I usually, I think like Alex said, I benefit from just making myself sit there and get through it. I have to give myself a kick in the pants sometimes. But it's one of those things where once you just get the ball rolling, it kind of starts to snowball and you start to think, oh, maybe I could just do this little bit over here and maybe I could just do a bit of that. And then without realizing it, you've kind of been working for like two hours straight, (laughs) which is really good. I think that kind of sitting down and making yourself work is kind of Mm -hmm. priming the pump, as it were. Sort of you start you start getting those creative juices flowing and you start getting into that work mindset and then it becomes much easier. It's true. Now I've been in that position too where like maybe it feels like a harder day to work in the sense of I I don't know what I'm gonna draw today or what I wanna work on. Mm -hmm. But really if you just sit down and kind of just even if you just start making marks on your paper or on your computer or what, then it's kind of like as you force yourself to start working and confront what it is that this blank page in front of you, then stuff does slowly start getting out and you you hit that groove and you're like, oh, this is it. It's kind of like riding riding a wave in a sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of going back to what we were saying about being your own best friend and just kind of sitting with yourself and kind of giggling about how much of a brilliant idea it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just getting really excited about it and deciding, I really want to make this thing. It's going to be really fun. It's true. 
sure. Even if I only amuse myself, which nine times out of ten, it won't be just yourself. <laughs> it will be other people as well. If you enjoy it, most likely there's someone else that will enjoy it too. <laughs> Is there anything that you've had that in terms of what you've been talking about, staying motivated or even just sitting down or just purely enjoying what it is that you're working on. Do you have any recent experiences with this? Um, Well, I think think Sid and Squid was definitely one of those things. It was really hard work because it went on over four years. And so trying to keep coming back to it, it's it's difficult trying to keep up motivation. But I just, I loved the character so much Mm -hmm. and I knew that it had such potential. I just... I knew that I had to finish it and I would really regret it if I just left it languishing. So, yeah, it was definitely the idea and the concept there where I just thought I I need to do this. I need to work on it. And it's going to be so freaking cool when it's finished. And I really love it still. Uh, and it turned out so good, too. Like, oh, it's so you. much fun to watch. Yeah, it feels so good after watching it. <laughs> as well, I've I've got some like extra Sid and Squid gifts kind of in the pipeline and while I haven't been able to work on them as much as I wanted that is another situation where I'm just sat there thinking this is gonna be super cool I can't wait to get to work on it and Uh get them finished oh yeah and with those ones as well I'm just trying to have fun with them and not not kind of worry about them so much like you said if you think it's fun then you should just go ahead and have fun with it If you've enjoyed what you've heard on this episode or any of the other episodes of the DIY Animation Show, please consider going to iTunes and giving us a rating and a review. While you're there, you can also subscribe and never miss an episode. Tune in next time for more special guest interviews, insights, and, of course, geeking out about animation. Oh, yeah. Until then, follow your heart and have fun animating. The DIY Animation Show is a production of the Oatly Academy of Visual Storytelling. We're your hosts, Jessica Dahl and Lauren Morse. Our producer is Chris Oatley. Our assistant producers are Anya Marcos and Ejua Ebeneba. Our mix engineer is Zijan Yan. Our theme music was provided by Azio Flux. Subscribe at DIYanimation.show. Find more art and story podcasts featuring insights from some of the most inspiring voices in animation, games, vis effects, comics, and children's books at friendsofdiya.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see you later. See you later, alligators. <laughs> Animagators. Animaligators. Animaligators. Sounds more like an amalgam or something. Animagators. Animagators. (laughs) See you later, animagators. In a while, key crocodile. (laughs) See the animagator in their natural habitat. (laughs) Repetitively flipping these papers back and forth. Waiting patiently to find the right key. They can punch their own their own like registration holes. They could just bite down and just yeah. oh man that'd be so like awesome oh. to have your own portable three hole punch just like just like that yeah. wherever you go just hang. <laughs>